Welcome to the most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Featuring at least three different books every week. Starring Martha Steele. The weirder the book, the better. Funny Golden. Historical fiction with a side of trauma porn. Keith Steigert. Reading the books your mother warned you about. These people are passionate about books be a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. You smell like your mother. You smell like marijuana. <laughs> was she? She was probably trying to calm down. That's why you don't trust anyone. Never trust anyone and if there if anybody ever asks you to purchase gift cards and your bank account is involved, just say no and call the freaking cops because it's a scam and never follow a link never even when i know it's amazon i'm like or uh, i'll just type it in myself yeah i just like, go to amazon yeah they'll send you a text tell you click here look at your you don't do it package. don't do it don't, do it. don't, don't click do on it. any links you know what our company does they try to catch us fucking up oh ours too <laughs> yeah and they'll send emails that are phishing emails to our account. And if we click on them, we're sent back to school. Yeah. We got to go, <laughs> go through it again. And after you get in trouble enough times, you get a strongly worded, do this another time and you're out conversation with HR. Because they huh. take companies hostage. This week has been shark week at work. So it's been on it a whole a whole lot of phishing email. Oh, Shark Week! That's hilarious. Yeah. The reason why I'm late is because my mom was part of a cyber attack on her computer, so I had to go help her just figure all of that shit out. Because whenever that happens, you have to like change passwords, you have to freeze bank accounts. It's just it's so much they just prey on the most vulnerable populations all that ai stuff that they've been doing yeah they use ai to take one of your loved ones and they that's the newest thing and they'll yep. make like they'll call you and they'll have your loved one saying to you like yep i've been kidnapped i need money da -da 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 -da. yep i talked to dylan about that the amazing. other night i said okay here's our word yeah, you have to have a safe word. This is our word. And if you don't say the word, it's not you. So yeah. you better freaking remember it because I'm not bailing anybody out or giving anybody money unless they say that word. That's a scary story. And really for our last spooky season podcast, that's really a perfect. I mean, it's scary. It's fucking terrifying. It is. What other Nothing frightening cool. things happen? We finally have a speaker of the house. A really fucking scary MAGA speaker. You said scary. I'm what just I saying. heard. We got all kinds of... And Israel and Palestine are fisticuffs and bombs. Did you see this shit in Maine? I know. And oh another mass shooting. And we were talking last night. It's like, you know what? That shit's never going to end. Because the people who are taking revenge now are going to kill family members who are going to take who are going to then take revenge and it's been like going on like that for generations already so did i ever tell you that uh tyler and dennis got into an argument about gun control oh my god really mm -hmm. dennis is in the army by the way and uh 
And a gun person. A Trump-loving Republican, just to tell you where his stand is on gun control. And Tyler is, I mean, Tyler's not for taking the guns away, but for regulations. When you have crazy people purchasing, you know, when I say crazy people, I can say that because my father was like that and they still sold him guns. That's scary. He had eight or 10 of them and he'd go in there and buy another one every time it struck his fancy. I mean, ugh. yeah, let's not even get started on that because that's frightening mm-hmm. enough to keep me up at night. Here's what I always say to people. I went to my high school. I don't even remember how many years back, but the high school I went to had a mass casualty event, but the kid had a knife. Not one single victim died. One kid came real close and he had 13 victims, but because he had a knife and not an assault weapon, survival rate was better. Could you imagine if he would have had a gun and not a knife? People say that shit about guns don't kill people. Like, dude, Guns kill people. I mean, because this kid had a knife and he, if he had had a gun, there would have been many, 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 many people dead at my high school. Well, you know, what's really interesting about that whole gun conversation because, um, you know, I like to read British novels, right? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) there's, there's this, this one particular book where the phrase knife crime was repeated at least 80 times in this novel. You could tell this person was like a against knives type person. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, you think knife crime is bad. You haul your ass over here to the USA and deal with mass casualty due to assault weapon and see how big knife crime is. Mr. Keith and I watched so much British TV and we were watching some movie or some series and the cops were like, uh, a prisoner was was breaking out of like a prison van uh-huh. and not one single person had a gun yeah. and we were like dude this would have been a totally different thing in the United States like there <laughs> yes. were so much cops and <laughs> knives they, they're and not I, allowed and, like... to carry around I mean only certain members of the police can even carry yeah and they're hardly I mean it's pretty like the guys on the beat aren't carrying guns. No, you know, not. like they don't call them bulletproof vests. They call them stab vest. Stab yeah. vest. Yeah. Wow. I, I watch a lot of British TV too. That's crazy. <laughs> I know, right? We're over here in the war zone, and they're like, "Oh, isn't that cute? Look at his stab vest." <laughs> <laughs> Why is your stab vest isn't made of metal? Because <laughs> it's got to stop bullets, okay? <laughs> No, I'm sure it's made out of the same stuff. They I just call it Kevlar or yeah. whatever. Kevlar, yeah. yeah. Can be made out of metal. Could you imagine how heavy that would be oh trying to carry God. it around all day? Yeah. Mm. Just like the knights in shining armor. I'm telling you what, if they had to wear heavy vests like that, there'd be more appreciation for pregnant people. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your pregnancy belly. Like, you like that 30 pound metal vest? Yeah. Mm. Strap it. Try not being able to take that shit off at night. <laughs> I still remember when Dylan was in um, middle school and he was in the... It was like health class. Family Oh, family something. consumer sciences. Something like that, yeah. Thing was, he had to wear the pregnancy belly for two or three <laughs> days or whatever. 
And then after that, they had to take the baby home. You remember that? Mm -hmm. I still have a photograph of him making dinner with his pregnancy (laughs) belly on. (laughs) Guess what? His girlfriend's not pregnant yet. (laughs) You know what? Neither is Tyler's. So you see, family health class did something good. God, this this is a really frightening conversation. I know. Even for me, I think we need to divert to horror novels instead. Right, because horror novels (laughs) is better than the real horror that's going on. I know. In the world. Reality is much more frightening. Something wrong with the world today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. She's beginning with the singing already. This is what happens when we're in the same room together. (laughs) I walk around my house and sing. I know I, you I have do. my dogs and stuff. And Tyler actually said something to me the other day. He's like, you know, Kaylee asked me who you talk to all the time. And Tyler's like, well, she says the dogs, but I don't know. See, Ron always says, what'd you say? Oh, nothing. I was talking to myself. And you wonder why I don't listen. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. I talk to myself a lot. But you know what? I don't want to hear it because Tyler walks around the house singing too. He just randomly sings songs as he walks through the house. No, it's, I think it might be genetic at this point. You think so? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. We're all a little bit crazy here. We are. Now, as you know, this is the last podcast of October. Spooky novels were not required this year. We could read whatever we want, but... Most of us tended to gravitate towards October reads anyway. I don't know if Keith has another one this week, but I yep. have I have one and uh, and Vonnie has one. So these are the last full usually, spooky novels. Yeah, usually it's just me. But well, full disclosure, I didn't quite finish my novel. Um, I didn't get the book in from the library until late last night. So I just had today to read it. So I'm only 81% of the way done. No, that's all right. 81% is pretty good. You get a pretty good. confident that this is going to end. Horribly. I'm not going to say well as in (laughs) rainbows and unicorns, but I think that it's going to wrap up the story in a, Satisfying really suck if this way. is one of those books where the last five pages oh, makes you hate it. I know. If it does, I will I will post a retraction next week. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, remember that book last week? Don't read it because the ending was awful. It's like I loved the book until the last chapter. Damn it. It is a horror novel. And my book actually goes right along with our conversation about children. Really? Yes. I read Wonderland by Zoe Stage. This book is about uh, Orla and Sean and their two children. They have a little girl and a little boy. They live in New York City. Um, Orla is a dancer and she's 41 and Shaw is a painter. And they decide that since she's been able to pursue her artistic dreams that she would hang up her leotard and let her husband pursue his his painting that's awfully nice but to do that they needed to move out of the city so they found a house up 
Upper State New York near Plattsburgh to move in, in the country, kind of in the woods, very, very different from New York City. So there's already, you know, a lot of hesitation by the children and by Orla for moving into this, but Shaw's all about moving into this house. Well, there's this specific tree that's very, very huge, very old. I want to say it's a it's a pine tree. It towers over the rest of the trees. It's just huge. And it's creepy as hell. And they haven't been in the house for very long. And strange things start happening. Like the kids uh, talk about the how the trees are talking to them. And these strange weather phenomenons start happening. I can't remember what they call it, but it's basically when the wind makes snowballs out of the snow that's on the ground almost like a um tumbleweed but with snow and like they see the northern lights but they know they're too far south for the northern lights and the kids go out and they want to make like a snow dragon so they make this like snow dragon outside and one time Orla glances over at it and it looks like it has scales and a spine way more elaborate than the kids would have been able to make And then she looks at it again, and it's normal. It's the same. It's like the kids had made it. So all this strange stuff happens. And then they start to kind of figure out that it's things that they're thinking or saying just in passing is happening. Like the little boy says mistakes 10 inches of snow for 10 feet and the next day when they wake up it seems like it's snowed 10 feet that's what they're seeing when they look out the windows and they're trapped in their house wow and the shaw the dad says that he thought it would be really cool to see a polar bear someday you know when they go for an adventure to go on a vacation and when orla looks outside one time near the garage she sees a polar bear. So it all of these weird things start happening. And then they decide that they're going to leave. They're creeped out by this house. They decide that they're going to leave. And they try to leave. And they're caught in a blizzard. Wide out conditions. They can't see anything. And then another time when they try to leave, it's like they're in the middle of it's like there's a glacier at the end of the driveway and they can't get out. Hmm. So it, it's like the, and it's not just the house that's like this haunted entity that wants them to stay. It's the woods and the house. It's like the whole property. So it's a haunted forest versus a haunted house. It's a haunted forest and it's more outside that weird stuff happens than inside. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of freaks me out, kind of like the the freaking weird ass shrubs in the Shining <laughs> book that scared the hell out of me. I don't know what it is about. She has a fear of shrubs. The nature side of the haunting <laughs> that just is freaky. Uh-huh. And I've been into some pretty creepy ass woods before. And not all the time was I drunk. <laughs> just part of the time. Just some of the time. And it was, it was well written. It definitely had that suspense 
mm-hmm. going through it mm-hmm. and it builds up on the suspense and it's really freaking good right now and I'm really pissed that I didn't finish this book because I want to know what happens. I will definitely be finishing it because I want to know how the hell they get out of this house or if the entity wins and they just all become one happy ghost family. Well, you know, in a way, mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to hear a review part of the way through because we never give the ending away anyway. I know. So. True, true. And there's so much weird stuff that happens in this. And I just, I want to tell you about it, but I can't because I'd be giving too much away. Uh, it's it's good. It's really good. I actually had no idea that this took place in upper state New York when I picked it up. And she loves that. She loves that home forest feel. Well, just because I can understand the whiteout conditions and it's snowing not 10 feet but four feet overnight yeah and you know stuff like that you you go outside and you can't even hardly open your door because keith you know what i'm talking about you get that kind of snow don't you yeah yep you you got me i grew up with that kind of snow too just in a different region does wyoming get that much snow dude we got 10 feet of snow in three days and everybody was snowed in and when i opened my front door there was an imprint of the door <laughs> in snow. That's insane. We had to go out the garage. Oh, and my my uh, Volkswagen Beetle at the time got towed away by the snow plow because it was completely underneath a oh snow drift. Oh, my God. That's... Oh, no. And they said, well, it's your own fault for parking in a in a uh, snow zone. Well, how were you supposed to get it yeah. out? Well, it was covered in snow. It was snowing. <laughs> I don't have four-wheel drive. I just had to park where I was. They're like, Dang. well, sorry about you. You were in the snow removal zone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, in our area, they have signs and you're not allowed to park yep. in the snow removal area from November to April. Yeah, well, I At was young time. and I was young and stupid, so yeah. But I, I'm sure that they just have those signs up for that exact reason so yeah. that if someone parks mm-hmm. overnight and then a snow, they're not liable because otherwise that would happen it's all the time. Because it's blizzard conditions. You can't leave to go anywhere. You're not thinking about moving your car out of the way. Well, that and you can't even move your car with it after it snows yeah. too much. Yeah. Now, I have totally seen snow plows go by and you know how it all the stuff like sprays out. Yeah. Out, and it's completely broken side windows yeah oh yeah dude because you get snow mixed with dirt and rocks and rocks. everything else you know what ice. it's you know what that's called snurt snurt it's actually a thing the snurt broke my window goddamn snurt goddamn snurts <laughs> those snurt and snurts <laughs> <laughs> but before we get too far gone let me yep title an artist yep, yep. This is a great book. If somebody else reads it, I would definitely like your input because I personally love haunted stories. I know Martha doesn't, so she probably won't read this, but they scare the bejesus out of me. (laughs) They do. Not just a little, but the The bejesus. They scare the bejesus. The scariest movie I think I have ever watched, and I watched it as an adult too and was scared, is Poltergeist. I just just talked about that. I I, uh, sent a a text the other day after we finished, you know, getting the house ready for company. I sent her a text that said, 
this house is clean. She's like, oh my God, I just heard her voice <laughs> in a text. That's how good I am. <laughs> but that book again is called Wonderland by Zoe Stage. Zoe is spelled Z-O-J-E. So if I'm saying it wrong, I do apologize. It's a wonderful book. Somebody read it and tell me what you think. You know what I don't get, though? Hmm. It sounds really good from the description. And I'm like looking it up as you're reviewing it on Goodreads. Mm -hmm. Whoever makes the blurbs, the first thing they say is, if Shirley Jackson wrote The Shining, it might look like this book. And you know, every review is like, this isn't like if she I know, I know. and I'm like dude you just it, killed the book it's an invitation for failure to compare exactly. a book to a classic oh if Stephen King and and Nick Cutter had a baby this would be it and you I know I can't tell you how many of the reviews specifically state this doesn't seem like Shirley Jackson wrote it. Yeah. And then they give it like one star. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's yeah. not even fair. Yeah. It's it's a recipe for disaster. It's crazy. And you know we what? The description all, actually I'll read it though. Yes. Yeah. The description we actually all read does it say and give it real thing. Does say that it's based in in New York, but I think I just got this off of a list and looked at the picture and was like, ooh, that looks good. And I didn't even read it. <laughs> That's how I get about half a bind because I like to read all the horror novels to see if they taste good. You know, I taste them all. Because look at the... It does have a cool... I actually did start reading that one. That cover is awesome. Yeah. I know you probably didn't finish it. Haunted, well, haunted you know stuff what? just doesn't scare. Well, yeah. It's not weird enough. Yeah, I know. Freaking polar bears and help that so many people like baby teeth. And this is our follow up. Yeah, I didn't like baby teeth. Sorry, I don't think I read. Baby I can't teeth. even read that one. Sorry. That one seems creepy as fuck to me. Yeah, <laughs> the age of the kid. I re I remember reviewing that book on this program because. Oh really? Yes. I don't know why I thought Rachel reviewed. Or maybe it, it was so Rachel, and maybe we just were talking about the things that were incongruent about. The description of the child and it, yeah you could tell it wasn't written by somebody who was a parent <laughs> i'm not dissing on the author it happens well i really liked this one i thought she did yeah. an, a, a great job clearly she's honing her craft so that's good you know you got to start somewhere that's right you got to move forward people ask me all the time how come you ever publish your book this is why because i'm yeah, a right. bully and I know that my book sucks. So there. Okay, Keith. I'm a bully. <laughs> Moving right along. I'm a book bully. I admit it. Do you have anything fun and spooky? Or spooky adjacent? Maybe some pumpkin loving. Yeah, Do you have some pumpkin like, loving? What's that? Pumpkin, pumpkin loving. <laughs> kind of like uh, American Pie only no. with pumpkins. Ew. <laughs> How come no one's read that, written that Your yet? Warm apple weird. pie. <laughs> Maybe you should write it, Keith. Pumpkin with a glory hole. Yeah, why not? <laughs> come on. That's my glory pumpkin. Uh, Everybody needs a little Chuck Tingle. Pounds that pumpkin hard. What do you mean your glory pumpkin? There isn't an American flag on that. Just a hole. Oh, no, that's all you need. Just a little hole. You got to bake the pumpkin first. It'll be nice and soft inside and whatnot. You just microwave it. <laughs> microwave it and let it cool for a minute. <laughs> We're awful. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. Bless you. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, my book is more like a like a gothic kind of oh, okay. dealio yeah. this week. Awesome. So the book I read is called Master of Salt and Bones by Carrie Lake. So this is a gothic mystery and Pat likes to often tell everyone about how ridiculously enamored I am of Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre is right up there and this book has all the weird Jane Eyre vibes this book is about Isadora and she lives in this little town and you know when you live in a little town you can't get away from what everyone thinks of you or what everyone thinks of your parents or your family and her mother is like the town sex worker and she's a drug addict and like it's a tiny fishing town and so all the fishermen have had their way with her mom and she has been out of the picture for a while because she's just kind of bad news so isadora lives with her aunt but her mother makes an appearance often enough that isadora and her aunt are often very poor because of her mother's bad decisions Mm. so Isadora has just graduated high school and there's this family that I mean you know the family that lives on the hill and and they keep to themselves and they're creepy and nobody knows anything about them except that everyone gossips about them so they're that kind of family um they live in the big huge house that's haunted and nobody goes to the house ever and the people that there's a winding road to the to the house and people plant crosses on the road up because they think that this family's like demonic and stuff. What? So it's just that kind of like like small-minded people in this little fishing community and of course Isadora needs money and this family has the gentleman that lives there his name is Lucian and he has a mother who is she's told like she's kind of losing her mental faculties a little bit like she's just not all together there and she's aging so he has hired her to be her companion is what how he puts it and of course it pays a ton of money and this is where you get all the Jane Airy kind of vibes ah, because he's okay and and he he is horrifically scarred all up one side of his face so he never really shows his face in town beauty and the beast (laughs) and i was gonna say it's like jane Eyre slash beauty and the beast kind of weird vibes like he has a whole west wing and everything else so and so she's taken this job as the mother's companion and basically that just means that they need somebody to like sit there with her and like read books to her and she's this piano prodigy that doesn't know how to play the piano but if she hears a piece she can replicate it right away but she knows nothing about like playing it i can do that did you know that i did not see martha's in this book no i really can i'm i'm like a my parents thought when I was three that I was going to like be a child prodigy. That's exactly what happens with this girl. Like everybody thinks she's going to do this amazing thing with her gift, but she just, she really can't figure out anything to do with it except play piano for this old woman 
in this creepy ass house. See so what Lucia, could happen. See what could happen to me. No, go see, ahead. Go I'm ahead. the only creepy so woman you're going to be playing for. <laughs> but there's so there's all these weird mysteries around the family, though. Like uh, obviously they're really well off. Lucian was married and he had a, a son. And when the son turned five, he just went missing. And no one knows what happened to the son. And his wife committed suicide not that long after. So, of course, there's all this gossip about it. And, like, no one knows what's going on with it. And um, so she, she goes and, of course, in the Jane Eyre kind of Beauty and the Beast kind of vibe, she starts falling for him, even though he's quite a bit older than she is. And there's all this mysterious stuff like she wants to find out what happened to the son and what happened to the wife and there's all these weird going ons like she lives at the house so all sorts of creepy crap happens at night and you know all that kind of fun stuff and it, it's very twisty and turny and i mean it, it has that gothic feel uh there is of course quite a bit of romance in it and it's like a darker kind of because he's i mean he's not an especially nice guy but the mysteries are very interesting and um when you find out exactly what's going on <laughs> makes so much sense like in a normal way and not like a ah! kind of way but <laughs> it's like it's not like one of those books where at the end it turns out that the i don't know the ghost of the shark king comes and tells everybody i mean it makes sense awesome because i've read a lot of those too i really really liked it because i mean dude it's got all the stuff that i love like creepy but not too far out there i mean they're two people that shouldn't be attracted to each other and they they get together anyway but the twists and the turns are very interesting it was i didn't really see any of it coming i probably should have but i wasn't really focusing on it too much because i was kind of i was really into the story which i like a lot i like when i'm not constantly like out of my head trying to be like what the fuck is happening in this book like so yeah it was very good i would recommend it and that was Master of Salt and Bones by Carrie Lake. That's not the Carrie Lake who's the wackadoo from Arizona, is it? I don't know. Carrie Lake is a wackadoo from Arizona? Yeah, running for president. She's a... Oh, no. Oh, okay. I can't imagine. Just check in. You just never know. Dude, that would make me so sad. Jeez, you can tell which no, side I'm Carrie on. Carrie Lake Blake. Carrie Lake Blake. Oh my gosh, what an unfortunate name that is. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not her. This is just an this is just an author. Okay, good. Just checking. Not a anti-Semitic politician now that I'm looking her up. <laughs> uh okay. Well, this this last review of October is always really hard for me to choose because I want it to be a good one. You want to end on a high yeah, note. Yeah, so I'll read every That's single... That's a lot of pressure, Martha. I know. I'll read every single book out there. And I was kind of leaning towards the most horrific fucking horror novel I've ever read in my entire life. Oh, but I decided good. not to do that one. I'm going to save that one for a special episode sometime. Or I might have already talked about that on 
a call. I was traumatized. But anyway, um, so if you want to hear how traumatized I was, you guess you'll just have to join Patreon. So what I did instead was I was looking through, I think it was Facebook this morning, and I saw an ad for a horror novel by Joe Nesbo, who is the one that writes the Harry Hole novels in translation that I like so much. And it was only six hours long. And I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, I could do it. I have time. I could do it in six hours. So I just sped it up and read it faster. But um, it's called The Night House by Joe Nesbo. And it is a... Okay, I'm going to break all of my usual stereotypes or a lot of them because you guys know I, I usually don't like books that are horror novels that are mentally ill adjacent right right but I'm totally breaking that with this novel and the reason why is because it was incredibly well written you know when you get a story and you're you're just sucked in from the beginning and you don't even yeah, and you don't realize what it is until you're almost done with it. And then you're like, wow, that was skillfully done. Whereas you're not, you don't feel ripped off at the end because it's not what you expected. Does that make any sense? Yes. All right. So, so the main. I love that on Goodreads, you can't read the book description because it's not in English. No, you can't. So you have yeah. to go in blind. It's in tra- it's in translation. The book is, so you have to keep that in mind as well because, you know, because of the the writing style and the way it's written, it's, he writes mystery novels primarily, so he's a very intricate plotter, and you're it's not an easy payoff type novel, and it didn't get very good reviews on Goodreads. I think because people read it thinking it was going to be a Harry Hole novel and it's not. It's totally a one-off. So the main character is called Richard You Loved. He's 14 years old. And you know something tragic has happened in his life because he's currently living with his aunt and uncle. And he, you kind of hear his inner monologue a little bit at the school that he goes to because he's constantly saying and doing really shitty things to the other kids, almost like a bully, but he almost, it's almost like he can't help himself. The first thing that happens is he's with this acquaintance of his. He doesn't really have in his fr- any friends by his own estimation, but he does hang out with the weird kids because that's what weird kids do. They hang out with other weird kids. So the first one has got kind of a stammer. And he's walking home one day with this friend. And they see this phone box. Red phone box. N- not unlike a British phone box. Not blue? No, not blue. Red. Dang. And they go in to the phone box. And Richard says, let's call somebody. So he picks up the phone book. And Rifle Struin, he says, that's a weird name. He sees a name and he says, let's call this one. And he hands his friend the number. He calls the number and he watches his friend and his friend's eyes are getting big and scared. And pretty soon his friends start to get sucked into the phone. 
Jeez. I mean, Dang. like by little, by little, by little, by little, you watch it happen, right? And then he goes home and this friend is missing and everybody's asking him, you know, where his friend is. And he's telling the story. And of course, nobody fucking believes him because... He's a 14-year-old boy. And, and your he's friend a, gets sucked into a phone? And I mean, really. And he's kind of troubled. You know, mm-hmm. his, his, something happened with his parents, and he has to live with his aunt and uncle, and, and he's sketchy. So then the next kid he's with, the very next day or so, is kind of an overweight kid. He calls him mean names. Of course he does, you know, because he's not a very nice kid. So... The kid comes over to his house and they have dinner together and the young man is complimenting his mother's cooking. And so his mother is like, you know, oh, you're such a polite young man type thing. And that pisses him off. So he goes up to his room and he starts yelling at this friend and his friend turns into a cicada. And then he like um, lands on the ground and Richard tries to step on him. But he gets away and he flies out the window. And gets eaten by a mouse. <laughs> so so now there are two missing boys. And Richard is in the frame, but they don't know what the fuck. I mean, they give him a lie detector test. And it looks like he's telling the truth. So they think he's a psychopath. So they send him to the insane asylum. So he has to go there for a year. And while he's there, of course, he's with all kinds of other weird kids. And he hears all these stories about this guy whose name he found in the phone book. That was in the very same asylum. And there's a room downstairs where that guy used to be. And he wrote all this weird shit on the wall. And everybody that goes in there kills himself. Why would you go in there? I know, and the guard's sitting there telling him all this shit. Now, there are a few things about this that, are, like, clearly you're, you know, rolling your eyes back in your head because you know an adult would not do shit like that. So there's all this stuff that's happening, and you start to realize that Richard is hallucinating. Mm. And the reason that this. You know, when I was a kid, I used to not really understand what my dad's deal was. And when I watched A Beautiful Mind, I kind of started to, because it was so real to him, he would say things, he would tell us these things, and we would be like, stop making crap up. And he, there were times when he would just look panicky and horrified that no one would believe him. Well, it was, for some reason, it just clicked. He's 14 years old and all this stuff is happening happening to him. And it was so skillfully written that some of the weird shit that happens as you follow along, and it was a really short book, it was only six hours long, hmm. that it was very eye-opening to me to start to really, truly understand what it might be like to have hallucinations and hear voices when you're in a room full of people that don't have any kind of clue what's up. And it made my fucking skin crawl. 
It really, really did. So just from the standpoint of a child of a paranoid schizophrenic, the guy did a fantastic job of writing a really scary story about somebody who's experiencing these things. Plus, he did a really good job of like looping it around so that the whole book is like this tightly wound spring. And it's not a perfect book. It had definitely had some serious flaws, but I think it would make a fantastic movie. It's just one of those books. It, it just sounds like it. Yeah, it just really, for a short novel, for something that just really you could sink your teeth into for spooky season, it had some pretty horrific image, imagery in it, and it was very frightening at, at times. But yet it it also brought that other th- piece in to help you kind of, I don't know, help me kind of digest that whole, what it might be like to experience something like that as a child. And yes, it scared the fuck out of me. Because it's just horrific for somebody to have to go through their life like that. It's just, ugh. So anyway, cheers to Joe Nesbo for writing a really fun novel that was outside of his wheelhouse. You know, something that's just a nice... It's horrific and scary. And she's saying, it's a nice, fun novel. Well, I mean, his Harry Hole novels are very dark. Alcoholism and drug abuse and, you know gritty you know grubby type realistic you want to take a shower after exactly not a very likable guy harry hole but the writing is always really good and i always walk away you know having enjoyed the story same here it's not the same thing you can't compare it so if you like a decent little horror story it's only six hours long pick it up it's called The Night House by Joe Nesbo, translated by Neil Smith. I would have to say that, of course, the character in uh, Nesbo's books are not likable because who likes a hairy hole? I knew you were going <laughs> to just pounce on that, man. Hey, some people obviously like a hairy hole. He's very popular. Hair is back. in. Um, I think he's Nor- Norwegian? I know it's it's not it's not pronounced Harry Hole where he's from. That's how it's spelled, though. It, it's actually Harry Hula, because the first time I listened to it, it was whoever did the narration did the proper way. But um, us Americans, we're we have to have things be very literal for us. Norway. Oh no, that's the setting. Never mind. Oslo, born in Oslo, Norway. Well, awesome. And he's kind of pretty too. He's kind of pretty. Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty hairy See? hole you have. He's a pretty hairy hole. I don't know why I pictured him he an old pretty. dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a little, there's a little gray in that beard. I mean, he's probably my age. I mean, I my age. him super old. No, I think like, he's probably my age. I'm, I'm super old, but not that old. No, no I mean, I'm, I'm saying I thought he was like 75 oh, for some reason. Oh no! But his, his characters feel that way. He's mm. very skillful. Awesome. Yeah. So if you also, on a side note, if you really like some freaky Norwegian um, murder mysteries, the snowman was 
terrifying. Mm-hmm. It was so good. But that was, a, I mean, that's not a horror story. It's a detective novel, so. He's in a, in a Norwegian rock band. Really? Yes, he's the lead singer and the songwriter. He likes to pound that Harriel. <laughs> I didn't hear that, but it sounded funny. <laughs> she, she, she said, he likes to pound that hairy hole. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> This is why we have to do the podcast together, Bonnie. You guys are like 14-year-old girls when you get together. Oh, I can't laugh too hard. I have to pee. I haven't peed since I left work at five. You better get your ass in there. I don't want to clean up a wet spot on my chair. So, she can't stop. Just go to the bathroom for fuck's sake. She's in there with a full bladder and a little pee is going to lick out on her chair. You can just pee a little. It sure is if you keep talking about it. <clears throat> Sorry, let me get another big old swig of my water. Make it nice and nice, nice and, and tight juicy. down there. Nice my, and tight. My sisters in law come back from that concert and go, Why does it smell like pee in here? <laughs> <laughs> smells like pee in pot. What happened? Oh, that's just Bonnie. She came, she came over after she was at her mom's house. <laughs> Oh my god, I really needed a good laugh. <laughs> oh. Well, as we draw to a close for another spooky season, we're getting not... ready for Christmas happiness. Yeah, I was just going to say the expectation of 10,000 Christmas novels in my future. <laughs> I can I can feel the cold breeze of well, you know, at least two of mine aren't because I already have one done yep. that I'm going to review, yep. and I have one that they that um, somebody sent me. Ooh, that looks pretty interesting well, and funny. I'm kind of hoping that the Native American. I kind of have been looking ahead, and I'm on the list for like three or four that look really good. But I am in Oklahoma, so the waiting list is a bit long. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get any of those in by that time. So, you know, maybe I'll get to those in December instead of November, but I do plan to read them. And I know that Megan and Keith are very excited for the uh, holiday season. Am I right? I mean, sure. Okay, so... (laughs) Maybe she's not super excited. You know, about Megan it. will be. Megan, she's all over it. I tell you what. As excited as I get about anything, I suppose. Yeah, Megan gets super excited about everything. You know that. <laughs> It'll be nice to have a break from Taylor Swift. Oh, God. To let her talk about Christmas. Yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll just divert her to Christmas instead. Although the turkey needs his due. I'm just excited to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Well, I'll do that on Thanksgiving weekend when I put up my tree. And Elf. And Elf. I like Elf. Yeah. And, um... But not till December 1st. Thank you very much. What's the Triple Dog Dare You movie? Oh, A Christmas Christmas Story. A Christmas Story. Yep. We all have our favorites, that's for sure. So, if you uh, would like to join us on Patreon... We are going to do something this month. 
I'm just making that up as I go because I know we owe them something. <laughs> we're doing something. We're doing something this well, month. Well, me what and you are going to do a mini episode, aren't do, we? Yep, we're going to do a mini episode. We said that last time, but we really are. And we'll have our call probably not this weekend. We'll probably have to start with the first weekend in November since, you know, I'm playing the cancer card on that one. Okay, Getting so down on yourself. I know. I'm just, I just feel guilty for not loving our Patreon members as much as we should. Because they're freaking awesome, man. They are pretty awesome. Yeah, they are. My sisters-in-law came to visit and they're staying with us. And we went into the, the guest bathroom. And I'm like, well, you're staying in the Three Book Girls suite because there's a shower <laughs> curtain in my bathroom in there that says Three Book Girls on it. So they're like, oh, you have merch? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Did you see that they caught that albino python that was out loose in the trailer oh, park oh that's right the one that was <clears throat> having cat snacks to make himself nice and fat well that's what they said but they when they caught it it's actually not big enough to eat cats so something else is happening to the cats in the trailer park Ooh, that could be a future serial killer novel maybe mm -hmm. we should uh, call the cops and have them get a profiler out there to deal with the missing cat population exactly but there was this albino python that was what what was he originally like three feet long when he went missing he's like eight feet long and now, now. he's eight feet long and he's been living off of something well in they the trailer park <laughs> they said that he probably hasn't eaten in a while he was pretty hungry when they found him but i imagine like you know snake or rats mice eh, rodents possums maybe he tried to eat an armadillo and it gave him indigestion could be yeah could be he's not natural to the area so he was like what the hell is this i it's think like, i can eat it is this okra what the freak <laughs> Ooh, you look like a crunchy treat <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was our big drama here in oklahoma because we've had python watch for like a month now mm -hmm. because they weren't able to capture it i think it just crawled under somebody's trailer skirting or something and just, just stayed under there yeah i mean it's warm under there you yeah wouldn't? But I'm kind of glad that they they found him now because it's going to get way below freezing. Yep. Next week. We're headed down below freezing this weekend. So, you know, there was this guy when I was in high school who lived in the trailer park. And there were stories. That he had an eight foot python? Yep. There were definitely stories. I didn't believe them. But since my gay friend was the one that told me about it. Oh. I kind of was a little bit more inclined to believe it, but less interested in the in the, so you, the outcome of this. Oh. Eight foot of python. Oh. Whew. Maybe when it was three feet. No, it's still too much. <laughs> There's something about, it's like uh, you would like to look at that, a python that big, you'd like to look at it, but you wouldn't want to do anything else with it. I mean, I'd like mm. it as a, as a pet like to stroke and keep in a fish tank but i'm not gonna take that thing to bed are we all talking about the same thing here <laughs> stroke it <laughs> give me a squeeze baby what's that lump in the middle <laughs> think you need to see a doctor <laughs> and that's gonna do it for three, three book, book girls. girls if you made it this far you are truly bookish 
So go to Facebook and join your fellow book lovers on the Three Book Girls Squad. Follow Three Book Girls on socials and be on the lookout for their next live event. Proud of their lack of shelf control, Three Book Girls is a Steel Trap production. <laughs>